On this week's episode of Mondays with Matt, we'll tackle some email questions from listeners all around the area and see if we can share some wisdom with them as the month winds down. So make sure you tune in here for this week's podcast on Mondays with Matt. Welcome to Mondays with Matt with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. This is our last podcast of the year because uh, it'll be Christmas like next week, I believe, here we're coming up on us pretty fast. So Matt and I thought we'd finish it off this year with uh, some questions from the mailbag, kind of like, you know, Santa gets, you know, emails or in mail. Does he get email? I don't know. We write to Santa, but I guess we, I guess people write to Santa in digital form too, in email. So <laughs> we're going to do some email questions with Matt. We're going to reach into the Santa bag, if you will, and see if we can help some folks out with these things. So what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, Mark. I'm doing well. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Does Santa get email? I, would get, I guess he does, right? I mean, email's been around for like, you know, a long time. so That's I mean, a quick way to get your list in if you haven't. I would uh, think you know, so, yeah. <laughs> Shoot Santa a quick email. I wonder if, you know, is, is Santa on Instagram? Like does, Santa Claus <laughs> at gmail.com. Can, can you tweet Santa? I mean, I guess you could, maybe. You I could don't tweet know. him, yeah. yeah. It would get it to him really fast if you could just tweet it to him. Right. You know, <laughs> hey, Santa, I want a new sports car, you know, that kind of thing. Well, as it as it comes around Christmas, my 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 son. It used to be all of my kids used to watch that Santa Tracker app. You know, you can oh yeah, yeah. see where he's at, yeah. and you know, you see him coming through Europe, and you're like, okay, get to bed, everybody, or he's not going to get That's here. Right. You know, and That's then right. you see him coming across the states, and it's like, oh my gosh, he's almost here. Now everybody yeah. has an interesting Santa story. Do you have Do you have one at all? Because I I actually I caught Santa once when I was younger because I got Uh-oh. up and I shouldn't have right because uh, I heard a noise. I kept I heard heard some noise. And I came out and I looked and, and I, and I, well, I, I, I think I saw him. Right. So I think I saw something, I saw somebody move and I, you know, so, and then I heard the door and I go running out there to look and there was some toys and stuff on the, you know, around the tree and I opened the door uh, and I couldn't see anything, right? And uh, I think my parents heard me or whatever, because obviously my mom come around the corner. I know what the true answer is now, obviously. But uh, <laughs> either way, like I was all, I was all about it, man. I was like, I know he was here. I, I gotta find the reindeer. Right? So uh, you saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. Yeah, right? not, not quite, but yeah, but yeah, it was definitely one of those situations where I, I thought I had busted him, and I thought I was going to get a good shot of and have a chance to talk with Santa, but it didn't work. Yeah. Out. Well, we ended up because we did such like a Christmas a day with my my dad's side of the family almost you know every single year uh-huh. we did our we did our christmas eve and uh so i we did really too. yeah either i have a bad memory or i just don't really really remember looking forward to santa gifts i mean maybe maybe christmas morning there was an additional gift after we all opened our family gifts christmas eve right but um but we always opened them christmas eve so that was the big the big kicker for us is we just you know we had a good time there and then yeah the next day at the at the big family one um Frequently, my dad, because he was a little bit bigger than some of his brothers, he would play Santa Claus. Okay. And um, so all the grandkids would, you know, all the babies and everything, they would come and then they would, we would sing Christmas carols together. Santa would lead and, uh, and then um, he would hand out gifts and then we'd have a couple of the bigger grandkids help hand out gifts to everybody. So it was kind nice. of nice. Cool. We actually saw Santa Claus, there you <laughs> but go. it was my dad. Right. It was my dad. So yeah, of course, I didn't, of course. I didn't, I didn't really uh, have a lot of mystery around the big guy myself. You know, I kind of 
think I knew the gig. So, <laughs> well, you know, and every every kid's a little different. Every situation's a little different, right? But uh, it's always a fun time. And of course, now that you know, now that we're grown and our kids are grown. It doesn't have the same kind of feel to it. Of course, if you got grandkids, then it takes on a whole nother element. But anyway, enough That's about right. all that. Let's let's dive into Matt's mailbag here and answer a few email questions that we've got into uh, to the podcast uh, over the last little bit. So we'll tackle a couple of these and, and see if we can help some folks out and uh, and share some wisdom. Because if it's happening to one person, there's a good chance it's happening to another or something similar, right? Uh, yeah. So many financial situations tend to happen from one to another. So let's see if we can help out Ben here. This is our first one. He says... Uh, Matt, I own my own business, much like yourself, and and probably reinvest too much into that business instead of saving for my own retirement. Uh, How much do you think I should be saving every year? What's your advice for someone like myself? Well, that's a good question, um, and I'm and I I love this question because I I work with a lot of business owners um, and always have liked doing so. As a business owner, you have a lot of things that you got to worry about that the average just the average employee doesn't, and um, one of those things is marketing, right? And then you've got to service. You got to have a good service team to service your clients. And then um, you, you know you might have to do some additional advertising. You got to pay for your rents and all these other things. So often the last one to to make money in a business is the business owner. Yep. And um, I've seen this with doctors' offices and you know some uh, other types of businesses where you're just going to pay your employees first and you live on what's left. And that's one place where I've always had I feel success talking to business owners to say, hey, you got to pay yourself first. Number one, you got to make sure your business is profitable and you have if you have profits. So I also will um do one of my one of the latest things I'm doing is I can you, you know you can hire me to come out and we can look at your whole business model and make sure you have profits first. But then you always got to save something for your future always have a backup plan. I I say with mm-hmm. to business owners, so you can't reinvest everything in your business because what happens if you get disabled and you can't do your business, or what happens if your business fails, or what happens if you have a bad few years? So you got to set yourself up just like everybody else and say, out of every paycheck that I get, I'm going to put away hopefully ten percent, you know, to fifteen percent if you can. Right. Um. It all is going to be dependent on your type of business and the type of you know income that you receive from that. And profits. Um, but there are a lot of ways to reduce your taxes. I like working with business owners to help them see some things that maybe their accountant hasn't brought up to them, like um, some of the IRS uh, rules and regulations where you can pay family members, you know, like your own children to do work for your company. Um, you can get a lot of money out of the tax, you know, into your pocket, into the family pocket, and um, not have to pay a lot of tax. You can write it off as an expense. And so okay. that re- that reduces your profits, which reduces the amount of taxes that you pay. Yada yada. So right. um, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, little quirks that I love. So I love talking to business owners because I'm a strategic guy. I love to present solutions to problems. So gotcha. Very cool. Very def- cool. Definitely have a backup plan. Yeah, for sure. And, and Ben, obviously, yeah. I mean, you get it. You know that you're doing it right. So the best thing you can do is start getting with an advisor and start figuring out how you can set some stuff aside and start. You know, you got to pay your future self, right? Because future Ben is coming down the pike. So make sure you handle that. Great question, though. Thanks for listening and and uh, sending in the question. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, We've got Cal who says, Matt, my grandfather always told me the best investment you can make is dirt. So I've spent 35 years buying land all around this lovely state of Michigan of ours. Now I'm a little land rich and a little cash poor. 
and the developers offered to buy some of my property for a hefty sum. It seems like I should sell to him, but I don't know. I kind of I don't want to just buy more land, so I guess I'm wondering what to do with the proceeds if I sell some land. Uh, one of these kind of questions. Um, this is this is I love the question. I love that you've bought land as well, um, but that tends to be a problem is you you have a lot of equity in the land and um, maybe not so much in your pocket. So Yeah, I mean, that's what he says, right? He's cash poor. So, hey, if you sell some, you should be able to, you know, fund your retirement a bit, I would think. Yeah. How do we, how do we divest of these assets? So you, one of the things we want to always pay attention to is how much taxes we're going to pay. If this land is owned personally, then you're going to have a probably a capital gain if you've if you've owned it for any length of time and the the, the prices have appreciated. So you got to be be aware of the the gains um, in conjunction with the current income that you have. So, we so don't, Matt, we don't if it's, wanna... let me ask you a question. So if if, you, if it's personal, let's just assume that it is because he didn't tell uh-huh. us otherwise. Uh, if he sells that, is that capital gains? Is that probably going to be fifteen percent? I know there's multiple capital gains brackets, but most of the time we fall into the fifteen percent. Yeah, it could be it could be zero. Um, just oh, okay. depends on how much your income is. So, it w- but it won't be any more than twenty. Is it based um, on the sale of the property, or is it based on his income? It's based on your income, based okay. on the amount of income that you earn. That's how much capital gain you'll pay long term. Gotcha. If you okay. sell anything under a year, it's going to be short term. It'll be taxed just like your income. We want to pay attention to sure. to the yeah. in, the income situation. Calculate what the capital gains are going to be. And then what do you want to do with the money? We're going to look at that net amount of money. It depends on what you want to do. If you want to reinvest, we can certainly do that um, and not invest in land. Um, and we can help you with that. Yeah, let's say, let's, say they get a, he, let's say he gets a million bucks. Just we'll go with yeah. a nice round number. He gets a million bucks for whatever uh-huh. he's selling, right? Land is valuable. And, uh, you know, like, depend, we don't know his age, but, you know, if he's checking out the podcast, let's just assume he's over 40 or 45. Yeah. So, you know, in it, business 35 years, he said, right? Oh, they did say that. That's right. So, yeah, he's probably yeah. over 50. Yeah. Or 55 even. So, yeah. So probably what? Some sort of retirement account, right? So you want to look at something, putting yeah, that money we can, somewhere. There's a couple of different options here. And what do you do with the money? It depends on if you want income or if you just want to, you just want to continue to grow it. Um, okay. Then you want to grow it tax deferred. So if if this is just standard land that he owns in his personal name, um, and you don't want to pay any taxes on future gains, uh, capital gains, and things like, if you want tax deferral, we can use an investment vehicle for that to get you tax deferred growth. Just put it in a Roth uh, or something. Well, there's there's that opportunity in a Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Or you could, if you got a lot of money non qualified. You could defer it by purchasing uh, some some in a fixed like an annuity if the, if he's gotcha. looking for right now there's good rates there. I don't generally recommend annuities because they there's some some time frame. So it really depends on the situation. But there's a number of things you can invest in. Um, you might want to go for something that's more liquid than land. Like let's say you put it in a portfolio of stocks and bonds. Yeah. Um, or some ETFs we can get in, get out real quick. If you need liquidity, that's going to be very important to consider in that next investment. Also tax strategies, tax ideas. Gotcha. Um, now that you've got this this land sold, um, do we need an in- income from it too? That's another way that we can so there's a there's a couple of pieces of information that are missing. So I would recommend that you give us a call and then we can 
we can set you up in any number of different things for that next investment. Well, to me, it sounds like what you need it. Yeah, for. I was gonna say to me, it sounds like he's pretty much and it could be in pretty good shape. You know, he's he's land rich and cash poor, but you know, land is obviously can be very valuable. So if he sells some of that, he might be able to really kind of build up his retirement nest egg, and he may be close to that. So he might be in a pretty good position. You just gotta uh, run the numbers, right? So yeah, do yeah, do. And if you're cash poor and you just want some money to spend, well. You, you know, we can certainly connect you with a couple of investments that are conservative, but they're paying pretty decent rates currently. Okay. So. All right. Well, great question, Cal. Thanks so much. And, uh, you know, kudos for listening to Granddad, getting all that land. Uh, I'm sure it's going to wind up working out well for you. You just, you just need to sit down with an advisor and, and really get a good strategy in place on, on what you need to accomplish and your Absolutely. age and all that stuff. Uh, all right. So Lenny says, uh, speaking of uh, real estate, Lenny says, I found a great deal on a townhouse, Matt, that I'd like to buy and turn it into a rental property. Uh, I want to pay cash for it, but that's going to require me to pull 90 grand out of my IRA. Yeah. He wants to know if that's a bad idea. Well, it may not be a great one. <laughs> well, there's a couple answers to this question. Okay. You can use a self-directed IRA and actually own real estate in an IRA. But if you don't have a knowledge of how to do that, yeah, that's you might want to explore that. And, and you can certainly reach out and I'd be happy to discuss that with you. Also, if you didn't want to necessarily do that kind of an investment, we would. Uh, I would almost always tell you, don't take the money out of that IRA. It is hard to get money in an IRA and get that tax-deferred growth and the accumulation, just getting stuff accumulated. Um, but I think it would be a bad idea because depending on the situation, $90,000, if you just take that out of your IRA, you'll owe, if you're not 59 and a half, you'll owe a penalty, 10%. So take $9,000 and throw it to right. the government. Plus the taxes. Then you have to pay federal income tax. Right. So you got to add 90000 to your current income, which the average person, that's going to jump you up a bracket. Um, so figure on 22% taxes on top of that, plus the 10% penalty, plus the state tax. So if you're in Michigan here, four and a quarter percent for state taxes. So by the time you pull that money out of your IRA, that's a very bad idea because you got a penalty, you got income tax just to to buy this property. So yeah, most people, most advisors I talk to, Matt, always say this is like the the last option, right? Like this is the, there's no other choice kind of option. Absolutely. And like I said, you can actually own real estate in the IRA if you have the right type of IRA set up. So So, that's one option. What else were you going to say? Well, I just, other than that, I just say it's a bad idea. Um, (laughs) But but what else I was going to say is I own investment real estate myself. And um, it's not too difficult to go ahead and get a mortgage on that investment. Um, and I'm sure he's thinking right now, what, at 7 or 8%, I don't want to do that, right? Because the rates are high, right? You know, you, you may not want to. It. Now, it, it all depends on what your cash flow. If you got one townhouse and depends on the rent, you know, we want to be able to cover a mortgage and taxes and insurance on that rental. Right. So you want right. to make sure you're renting it out and it's going to generate a profit. Otherwise, you generally wouldn't want to buy it. So um, I can appreciate wanting to take the 90000 that you have in equity, but I, I would avoid doing that. I would probably more more realistically say, hey, put 20% down, get a get a bank to finance the 80 or even 10% down, or you, there's some other options that you might have. And I would rather see you probably take, just let the, let the investment property pay the mortgage and 
use the excess for the cash flow. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sending that in, Lenny. Uh, obviously, probably maybe not what you wanted to hear, but probably not the best idea. You really want to talk to an advisor and really want to run your numbers and look at the different things that you have and different ways you might have to possibly get this done uh, versus that. That's probably going to want to be your last resort to go that route because you're really going to triple whammy yourself, which is not a good thing. So uh, reach out to Matt, certainly. Of course, Matt and the team can reach out to you as well. All the folks that send in email questions, uh, he always follows up with those. But, you know, again, like I said earlier, if it's affecting one person, it could be affecting another one. So if you got those questions, reach out to Matt and have a conversation. Uh, final one here is from Amy. This is an interesting one, Matt. She says, I've never paid off debt. I've never been in a hurry to. Never paid extra on the mortgage. Never paid cash for a car. And I use my home equity line fairly often for major purchases when I need to make them. I know that debt is generally considered to be bad, but it seems to me that I've always been able to use debt to allow me to save money for retirement that I might not have been otherwise able to save. So what am I missing here? Well, you're missing that feeling of being debt-free and having everything paid off, and it's a good feeling. Let me tell you, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't like to live in debt. Um, when you borrow money on everything you own, she never had a She's never paid cash for a car. Okay. So that that's so she's finances the opposite, everything basically. Opposite of me. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I loved the fact that I could pay cash for my car and I didn't owe anybody anything. I ha- I have a real caution in my own just just my own conscience of of living on debt like that. And and here's why, Amy. At any time, something could happen to your income source. And uh, you know, let's say that's employment, you know. Right. And if you if you lose your job and nothing's paid for. That means the bank can come and get your car. The bank can come and get your house. Uh, if you have a home equity line, they can f- try to foreclose that second second mortgage. And the other, the other big thing is interest. The amount of interest that you pay other people, that, believe it or not, that eats away at what you could be paying yourself for your own retirement. So I can see what you're saying that, yeah, I've been able to save money for retirement, but we got to look at the growth rate of that that savings and how you have it positioned. And is that making so much money that you can easily, if you needed to tap to pay off some of these other debts, Mm -hmm. would it be possible? The other thing is I assume that you're under 59 and a half. You're not getting close to retirement yet because uh, if you are, most people are very, very uncomfortable having that much debt knowing that, Hey, I, I can't stop. You know, I have to keep working in order to pay my mortgage, pay my car payment, and and that home equity line and you know the economy goes bad which we're which we've seen a big huge shift in that in the last 24 months sure you got to be feeling some squeeze and some pain i mean if any of those variable rates are variable which your home equity line almost assuredly is you're seeing that you're going to have to be making bigger payments all of a sudden and most of it's going to interest going to the organization so they're getting rich on your monthly lifestyle and I, I have a very big problem with that from a financial advisor standpoint. I would I would say we need to have a come to Jesus moment and you need to, you, you know, <laughs> we need to really reassess some the, things. The here. fiduciary in you gets fired up and says, no, no, we need to do the best thing here, right? <laughs> do you ever see somebody like, um, you know, holding a bunch of glass plates or like your server and, you know, they're walking across that little... Uh, and you're wet, just afraid they're um, going to trip. Tile, yeah. tile room, yeah. yeah. You're getting, you're just waiting for an accident to happen, and your whole financial life will crumble around you. So yeah. I have a very big caution for Amy. Get a hold of us right away, and we need to. You need to get some things 
worked around a different strategy set up. And, and not to panic you, Amy, because you know when you get the numbers and the information together, you may not be in as bad a shape as it reads, right? But it kind of reads like you could be in, you know, in a bit of a pickle. And again, we don't know your age and things, some things of that nature. So yeah, definitely worthwhile to have a conversation with a financial professional like Matt. He's an investment investment advisor representative, and of course, he's the president and owner of Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. And he's big on you know working with folks, you know, one on one and helping them get into to the, you know a good place. Uh, so reach out to him, have a conversation. Of course, like I said earlier, he's reaching out to everybody anyway. Uh, Rebecca's probably already been in contact with you, but either way, you know, for folks, when you're if you're in a situation where you just don't know what's going on and you're it's you're kind of doing this. Well, it's always worked so far, right? Doesn't mean it's always going to work, kind of mentality, right? And, or if you yeah. find yourself in that, well, as long as this happens and then this happens and then this happens, I should be good. That's a whole lot of ifs, right? Uh, and so we don't yeah. want to do that for retirement. So, you know, good stuff yeah. this week, Matt. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for breaking these emails down. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And um, as always, our advice is uh, meant to be very general here. We're not specific. So if you want specific advice, you definitely should get in contact with us and, and um, we'll talk about how you could get specific advice yeah. from us. But yeah. Um, yeah, we hope that you enjoy hearing the answers to all these questions because hopefully that helped you some some little bit here today and you can share that with your friends or family. Yeah, useful nuggets, right? We're trying to share some useful nuggets of information on the podcast always. And so that's going to do it for this year. We're going to close out 2023 here with Matt Starkey. And uh, Matt, you and I will be back uh, in January. Yes, we will. So thanks everybody for listening to our podcast here. 2023 is a wrap. And, um, you know, one thing we usually do and we didn't do is talk about goals for 2024, but mm. we'll probably hit that at the front end. Well, let's do it at the beginning. Yeah, so. let's do it at the beginning of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I love setting goals and talking about goal setting and, and seeing those. In lieu of resolutions. Yeah, in lieu of resolutions, we'll do goals. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, great. All right. Sounds good. Well, folks, we'll see you in January here on Mondays with Matt. And if you're not subscribed to us, consider doing so on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like using. Just type in Mondays with Matt in the search box of whatever app that it is that you're using. Uh, and then, of course, you can always find the information at Matt's website, where if you need to get a hold of him, you can do that as well. GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. I'll see you next time here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.